Hello, and thanks for listening. This is Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. God's grace is for you, and if you're in the Milwaukee area, we'd love to get to know you. Please visit www.gracedowntown.org to contact us, find out about worship times, or learn more about what we're up to in Milwaukee. That's www.gracedowntown.org. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Bondo with Most Certainly True, a new podcast of Grace Lutheran Church. I am so eager to enjoy God's grace with you again today, and we're enjoying it in a big way with a look at the book of Galatians. But first, I want to celebrate the beginnings of this podcast as we've gotten some of our first reviews, probably at the poking and prodding of um, some of our own instigators of the podcast, but that's okay. A review is a review, and um, not only do I want to celebrate these, but of course, if you're enjoying this podcast and wouldn't mind taking a couple minutes to put a review on iTunes for us, a, a favorable, happy one, that would help draw attention to it, and not just to it, but to the Bible reading challenge and to the Word of God, and there's nothing more important than that. In fact, it's most, right? It's most certainly true, and we want people to know that. So uh, here are some of the ratings and reviews. We've gotten all five-star ratings so far, and that's not patting ourselves on the back. Um, it is, well, sort of, because I think I did one of the reviews myself, but this is all to the glory of God. <laughs> but there is a cool review that is entitled Bible Time, and uh, th- this is a spouty AM who says, the best podcast out there. While I highly doubt that, um, at the same time, you got to say, we're talking about God's word, and you can't beat that kind of podcast. So no shame, no shame in saying that right there. Another one is um, is put in here by glaz24, and maybe it should have said glaz, I have no idea, but it's, it's titled Great, Awesome, Fantastic, and says, Excited to Listen to the Episodes in the Bible Reading Challenge. That's really how we've we've begun this, is just to uh, kick off the Bible Reading Challenge by looking at book by book throughout the year. So hopefully you've caught some of those episodes already on different books of the Bible. And uh, since we've been reading through Galatians this week, we've got uh, Galatians on the mind today. And another thing before we get to that, I wanted to mention how excited I am for next week. Next week, Wednesday, is October 31st, and that means it's the 501st anniversary of the Reformation. So we are going to celebrate that with a special podcast episode. If you've been eagerly anticipating the next podcast coming out for Most Certainly True, this one should blow all anticipation out of the water because this is this is going to be really fun. And it's all, it's been done by uh, a number of different volunteers here at Grace. They, they put together a, a special surprise podcast that'll come out next Wednesday. And I'm so excited. I'm excited for you to listen to it. So be sure to, you know, it's on your calendar already, right? So now that it's already on your calendar, you just know that you get extra bonus special Reformation next week with the podcast coming out as we uh, celebrate 
Martin Luther's Martin Luther uh, restoring of the gospel. Not just Martin Luther. Martin Luther. You know, we don't worship Martin Luther. Martin Luther or something, but it's it's the way we were pastored uh, as a as a people in this world by God's blessing to be a people who focus on Christ alone and the blessings we have in him through faith alone and grace alone. Those truths, most certainly truths that come from God's word uh, as the hallmark of his labor in the word of God and, and bringing it to, to people. So we celebrate that. Wait, he didn't say it? Um, and with that in mind, uh, even this week, um, I want to call your attention as we look at the book of Galatians together to a special work of Martin Luther. One of the things that Luther wrote was a commentary on Galatians, and it's an outstanding commentary. You can read it. I think it's rather long. I found a nice PDF. I'll try to make a reference to it in the description of this podcast that summarized the Galatian commentary with with Luther's own quotes and, and nothing but, but it's kind of distilled his commentary on Galatians to some of the beautiful poetic uh, nuggets you could take away from it. So I'll, I'll make a reference to that and to the, the description of this podcast. So looking at the book of Galatians and keeping Luther's commentary in mind as we go along, this is a preeminent book of the Bible. It is one of the first letters. It's, you know, the first letter uh, of the Apostle Paul, and it features this core distinction between law and gospel because oh, the church at that time uh, was struggling with how to think about the law. I guess you could say it's a, a Jewish influence of a return to Old Testament laws and how do we treat the the role of the law in our lives. So to differentiate between law and gospel and keep clearly those two words of God and how they speak to our conscience and our souls, that's a that's a huge theme of this book. The Apostle Paul is sorrowful and, and sad. He's like watching believers' back, uh, backs turn to him as they walk away from their foothold in Christ and the certainty of the forgiveness of sins just by what Jesus did on the cross to pay for them. They were losing that certainty by going back to their slavery of the law, as he calls it. He's lamenting this, this influence on the church as it's a, it's a worsening, not a progress of the state of believers at that time. So you have a very passionate, um, intimate letter penned by the apostle as he wants to restore believers to health, to good health in Christ and in his name alone. And that's how we then get these really crystal clear expressions of the certainty of our faith and where it comes from, of the distinction between the role of the law and the gospel in our lives, and that importance of what are you listening to when it comes to why I'm going to heaven, and uh, what are you listening to as you stand before God and picture his face and how he looks at you. There's, there's only one word to listen to when you are before God's judgment, uh, and that is the word of the gospel. The law will only kill you in his presence. And um, But God has given and sent his son just for that reason, 
that you could be ah, at peace in his presence. Martin Luther has a special way of talking about these two teachings of law and and this good news of Jesus, law and gospel in our lives. And um, another work of his that was one of the first sermons he gave after coming to realize just what Jesus meant to him each and every day. It was called On Two Kinds of Righteousness. He preached on this early, like 1519, on two kinds of righteousness, talking to people about what righteousness do we have when I stand before a holy God? Uh, and first and foremost, the first kind of righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. And it's only, it's only his. It's all his. It's purely passive on my part. He says this in the commentary on Galatians. Without any merit or work of our own, we must first be justified by Christian righteousness which has nothing to do with the righteousness of the law or with earthly and active righteousness. But this righteousness is heavenly and passive. We do not have it of ourselves. We receive it from heaven. We do not perform it. We accept it by faith through which we ascend beyond all laws and works. You, you picture a, a believer by faith getting to climb out um, from under the the heavy yoke and slavery of the law, the accusing finger that that points at us and blames us for being lawbreakers and and knows that we are sinners, crawling out from under that heavy burden of of trying to make things right before God on our own, which we cannot do, crawling out from under the thumb of death and hell and ascending afar above it to where Christ is in his holy gift of his own righteousness and receiving the status of a saint in the presence of God for Jesus' sake. You just think of the clean air up there and the freedom that is ours because we are sons as he is a son. We, we have this passively received righteousness that is all him and nothing us. Um, it, that's the ascension that Luther's talking about there in that quote. And then he talks about the believer coming back down. And he says, once I have that righteousness, that kind of righteousness, that Christ righteousness with me, I descend from heaven like the rain that makes the earth fertile. I come back down with a, a productive righteousness, a fruit-bearing righteousness in the world that that does take up the law and um and says, How can I thank you, Lord? And I and I do fruitful things, God pleasing things according to his will, um, according to his law that serve my neighbor. And I get all sort of all kinds of fruitful, all kinds of productive, um, because of God's love for me first. I have now this active righteousness, this other kind of righteousness where I take up the law and I, I please God and live according to his will in service to my neighbor. So Luther says, I descend from heaven like rain, rain that makes the earth fertile. I'm going to do something good now in the world only because of God's love for me, uh, where I come forth, he says, into another kingdom. And I perform good works whenever the opportunity arises. 
If I'm a minister of the word, if I'm a pastor, I preach. I comfort the saddened. I administer the sacraments. If I'm a father, I rule my household and family. I train my children in piety and honesty. If I work in civil things or for the government, I perform the office that I've received by divine command. He just envisions you coming down from the clouds of heaven, taking up your vocation and, and, um, place that God has given you in this world and serving to the benefit, the, that fruitful, fertile benefit of your, of your neighbor out of love according to the laws of God. Uh, so that's the beautiful way that Luther pictures these two kinds of righteousness. And this is that labored language of the Apostle Paul through his letter where he's going to fight for four and a half chapters um, that we might be found in Christ, die to the law and, and, and live in Christ. Then he comes down from the clouds with the believers and takes up the law, as Luther says, the only way you can take it up, having your firm footing in Christ with that one article of Jesus and Jesus alone reigning in your heart, occupying all spiritual and divine thoughts with Christ first, then I can come down and you get to like Galatians 5 verse 13. Brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But let's go down together. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul does talk about the law. We are not lawless as Christians. We are Christ. That has a beautiful command laid in front of us. So as our hearts and our conscience is, is at peace before God, now we come down out of the clouds and we take up the command of love and um, and seek it as we serve one another humbly in love, he says. And that goes on through the rest of chapter 5. Um, it, it spills over into chapter 6 uh, as Paul urges us to use the law when you're dealing with someone who's caught up in a sin. And you're going to use the gospel too to, to forgive them their sins and use the law to call them to a new life before God. This is how we carry each other's burden. So it's beautiful the way law and gospel work together, but you cannot muddle the two. You cannot mix them together as if as if when we stand before God, we have to prove ourselves with our own righteousness or we have to do something to contribute to a righteousness or, a, or to be called holy. I can't do that. I can't. It's just, it's just the name of Jesus there. I apply this today thinking about this this pastoral work of the Apostle Paul for all of us in the good of our souls. I think of how there are so many voices inside our heads and we we cannot listen to the word that accuses, the word that beats us up, that that message of the law that only kills. We we get stuck with a nagging guilt. We get we are we are bent on ourselves by nature, continually thinking either we're good enough to do something to contribute to our holy status before God, or or thinking that we could we can right our wrongs. Luther says in his commentary that human reason can think only in terms of the law. Just think about that. 
human reason can think only in terms of the law. It mumbles, he says. It just mumbles. Well, this I've done and this I have not done. But faith looks to a strange word of God, that that word of God that only he can say. It looks to Jesus Christ, the Son that's given into death for the sins of the whole world. We turn our eyes only in God's word can this happen. We turn our eyes away uh, from the law to Jesus. If you were to turn your eyes away from Jesus, you'd be looking at the law. True faith lays hold of Christ, and it leans on him alone, and it doesn't look to the law. That's that's the mingling. That's the mingling. If we look at the law to ease our conscience, make us feel better about ourselves, Luther says either Christ must live and the law perish, or the law remains and Christ must perish. Christ and the law cannot dwell side by side in the conscience. It's either grace or law. To muddle the two is to eliminate the gospel of Christ entirely. If it seems a small matter to mingle the law and the gospel, faith and works, but it's not. It creates more mischief than man's brain can conceive. To mix law and gospel not only clouds the knowledge of grace, it cuts out Christ altogether. You have to think about what you're listening to day in and day out. We, we cannot be impelled to take up love, to go and, and do something for others. If there's any return on our investment, if we think we're going to like, we're going to improve ourselves in the eyes of God, or we're going to be real Christians now. Instead, it's the other way around. Uh, a, a real Christian can only have the comfort of faith first and then pick up the law as one already pleasing to God. It's after we teach faith in Christ, then we teach good works. That's the only flow, I guess you could say, that good works would only be fruits of faith, a product of faith. Luther would say there's one way we, we comfort the afflicted sinner in this life and speak to people, and it's in this manner. Brother or sister, you can never be perfect in this life, but you can be holy. And somebody might say, well, how can I be holy when I, when I know my sins and feel my sins? I answer, you feel sin? That's a good sign. To realize that somebody is sick, that you are sick, sinfully sick, is a step and a very necessary step toward recovery. But how will I get rid of my sin, he might ask. I answer, see the heavenly physician, go to him. Go to Christ, who heals the brokenhearted. Do not consult the poor doctor that is human reason. Believe in Christ, and your sins will be forgiven. His righteousness will become your righteousness, and your sins will become his sins, as he took them at the cross. This is healing for people. This is the, the good news for us today. Jesus is no sheriff. Luther says, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let this occupy your thoughts as you, as you finish uh, pondering the, the glorious book of Galatians that's been in front of us. Think of that word freedom. What does it mean to live in the freedom that Christ alone gives to us? And then you can take up that word of the law in, in confidence and joy 
in, with your conscience that you might serve your neighbor in love. These are the precious words that God has put down uh, for us in the Bible. This is why the Bible reading challenge is such a beneficial thing, as we might be watched, uh, watched over and guarded, shepherded by the words of God, kept from error and preserved from false ways of thinking about ourselves and false ways of thinking about God and making much of Christ and what he's done for us. Oh, Lord, help us make much of you today. God continue to bless your, your Bible reading and keep you close to himself through the grace that is found alone in Christ Jesus. And that is most certainly true. Mm-hmm.